The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. I'm JJ, he's Keith, and it's a good week to be a Yankee fan. Yankees sit at 95 and 50. What? We're recording this on September 10th what? at about 5.30, so the game hasn't started yet. It is September 10th, and we are five wins away from tying last year's mark. Uh, I just spent the weekend in Boston. The Yankees are <laughs> kicking the shit out of teams. Ah, how you doing, Keith? <laughs> I'm good, man. Getting over a little cold. I was sick all weekend, like curled up in a ball on like Saturday morning. But uh, I knew we were going to handle business. That Friday night game sucked. I, I started to get sick during the Friday night game, and I champed it out. I feel good today, though. Um, you, you you killed it in Boston, but we'll talk about it. Yeah, man. So, you know, where we last left things off, the Yankees were, you know, fighting with the Texas Rangers. Um, it wasn't really a series that too many people gave too much of a shit about just because it's late in the season. They're not in our division and they stink. So we went out there. We handled our business, took care of them in that last two games, 10 to 1 and 4 to 1. Key takeaways from those games are that Paxton gave us seven innings with no earned runs. Um, and the Yankees became the first team in Major League history to boast 13 players with double digits in the home run column. Yeah. The previous record was 12, set by last year's Yankees. So one thing I will say coming out of that series is it really started, and, and we saw a little bit more in Boston, uh, we're starting to see our, our starters that we've been really worried about all year find some kind of stride. I don't know how, how much of a stride it is, but we are starting to see guys piece, to, piece together starts that are you know, more than just giving us you know, three and two-thirds of an inning. 
Yeah, thank God. Bless it, man. Uh, you make moves for these guys months ago, and you know you sign, resign J Hap. You 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 go out and get Paxton, and you can only hope that they give you a you know a full year. And then when that doesn't happen, you really are just like doubling down on okay, they'll figure it out when it's time to figure it out. And everybody knows what time it is, man. It's it's uh, what is it? What do they say? Shit or get off the pot? It's like if yeah. you don't got it right you- now. I'm a big put your nuts on the table guy. It's time exactly. to put your nuts on the table. Put your nuts up, man. Man. If you don't have it right now, then then you you're not on this postseason roster. And if you're a guy like Paxson um, or or Hap, like they figured it out in the last couple of weeks, and it's a pleasant surprise. It's not even a pleasant surprise. It's what they're supposed to do, and now they're looking like the acquisitions that we we you know wanted them to be. Yeah, and we, and we just gotta hope that we kind of we keep that momentum going. We keep you know. Things going in a, in a positive light. We saw more out of half. And really, I don't want to talk too much about Texas Rangers because I don't give a shit about them. Let's move on to our arch rivals. Rest in peace yeah. to the 2019 Boston Red Sox. Done. Went from winning a division to not being able to well, – from winning a World Series to really not even contending for the division. Uh, an embarrassing showing by them. Scrubs, talk about a World Series hangover. Talk about a fluke World Series. Like, don't even get me started with that. Talk about a group of guys that everything clicked for. They had a magical season and it was one and done. I hope that, like, this starts a new curse. I hope that they just suck forever now. And I knew that watching last year, it was just a fluke season, a magical season, whatever you want to call it. I'm like, this is one of those years in baseball where. Everything goes right for these guys. I don't know what they did to the baseball gods last year, but clearly they're not that good by the way they turned around and uh, shit the bed in 2019. And as a Yankee fan, it warms my heart. There's nothing more that I'd rather see than, than us eliminate them this past weekend. And you you were the perfect person to be in Boston, basically as like our mascot to like oh, I'm such it. an asshole. <laughs> I'm just such an asshole. There are like certain times because, you know, I have stuff going on off the, you know, away from this. But like when I'm really locked in on like a weekend and like that's the way I'm going to put it. I was locked in this weekend um, making the postgame videos, just pissing off Red Sox fans. Um, wa- so, you know, Friday I flew up to Boston, went to check into my hotel. Uh, and I just I started drinking the beer and i was all in yankee gear i was wearing the bronx pinstripes bronx hoodie you should buy one bronxpinstripes.com uh super comfortable and there were people in there who were like yo what are you doing in the, like in this bar and i was like what do you mean and they're like i'm a yankee fan but i'm not wearing any of this stuff like you're a wild man. I was Why like, yeah, hide? it is what it is. Like, Why it hide? is what it is. And at this point in the season, yeah, they're not, they're not doing anything. So then I went to the games with uh, – Friday I went with uh, Carabas from Barstool. So that's like a whole trip to see him because he's super famous up there. But, yeah, just standing outside the gate, met a couple people who were uh, our listeners and, and readers of Bronx Pinstripes, and went, hung out in a suite. And honestly, Friday night's game – I just didn't care about because um, once like we got down and it was like, all right, Herman doesn't have it tonight. You know, you just can't get that upset. I was like, let me just enjoy the time. It's raining. So I'm in the suite most of the time. But, you know, 
Boston fans were excited. And I think it's because it's the last time they'll get to be excited all year. You know, you get a Friday night game, you throw seven guys in the game who weren't on your opening day starter, who weren't on your opening day roster, right. and you get a win against the Yankees, who are probably going to go on and win the World Series. Let them have their night. But, you know, I, <laughs> I did a post-game video where I just ripped into the Red Sox and their fans and their city, and uh, people were pissed. People were, were pretty <laughs> pissed at me calling – the Red Sox idiots and all of their fans idiots. I was not pissed. I laughed. Like I laughed probably. I watched that video two or three times. I laughed for about five minutes. I've never been to Fenway, and I can just imagine you. I know people were around you and could hear you. You didn't have anyone else in the video, but you were clearly calling everyone idiots, and they look like idiots. They're celebrating. They're singing, and they're eliminated. They're done. But that's the last time that they were going to beat the Yankees for 2019. So, hey, let them have it. Like when I made that video, I was standing right next to JJ from WFAN. John oh, yeah, Shemsky. I just followed him. Yeah, I know of him. Yeah, that's my guy. So I was with him. But then there were some Red Sox fans there. There were just like Boston guys, guys who do other Red Sox podcasts. There was a lot of like, guy, you know, kind of in the media people that I was with. And um, yeah, the Red Sox people were like, what are you doing? What the fuck is that? <laughs> But like, it's like, yo, it is what it is. That is Instagram and Twitter gold for Yankee fans. And I saw, I don't understand, like, the Yankee fans that say that you're the you're the Yankee I'm fan that people it. hate and that Good. you're going to jinx it. First off, who wants to be the Yankee fan that people love? Is that a thing? Like, I want to be the lovable Yankee fan. Yo, people loved Bald Vinny, and now he's standing outside selling shitty T-shirts, not going to games. <laughs> like, I'm not trying. I'm not looking for love. I'm repping my squad. And then the whole Jinx thing. I believe in in curses and universe and destiny and all this stuff, but I don't believe that you can jinx. Uh, like, I don't think you can jinx anything. It's it's if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And you making a video um, on September eighth is not gonna do anything to change that. Like, yeah, me me. Hundreds of feet away from the field, <laughs> and it's not going to impact anything on that field, especially no. after the game's over. I don't think Aaron Judge is going into the clubhouse watching that video and going, "You know what? We don't even have to try hard." JJ said <laughs> we've got it. You know, yeah. No. Stanton stops working out because JJ said we're fine. I don't think so. No, nah, DJ LeMay, who's not checking his phone, like, oh man, pressure's on. JJ said we're going to win the World <laughs> Series. I got to live up to that shit. <laughs> I will tell you, so for anyone who who doesn't know, Jared Carabas is a Red Sox blogger for Barstool. Um, and he's just gotten, he kind of transcends just that. So he meets people outside Gate D every game at Fenway that he's at. He'll say, I'm going to go to Gate D if you'd like to meet. This was because the crowd thinned out early, especially with the rain. He, we were only there for about 35 minutes while he was taking pictures with a line of people. Me, I was standing there talking to John Jastrzemski from WFAN. And we were just standing there talking. And my wife's standing there. And we're just, you know, talking, catching up because I've known him for a while. I totally fucking missed it. And one of the guys I know who works at Fenway came out and was like, what are you guys doing? You're just not paying attention out here? And I was like, what do you mean? We're in for Carabas. And he goes, Domingo Herman just walked right past you. <laughs> They're like, I was like, oh, I just, it's dark out. It was a Spanish guy with a chain. And yeah. then coming the other way was uh, the guy who started for the Red Sox, um, Chakin or whatever his name is. Yeah, he, st- he came walking by as well. It's, got, it's a weird place. Like I know you haven't been there, but 
Like, it's just right on the street. So these guys are just walking around after the game. They don't even have a parking lot. They all park on a street that gets shut down. And everyone on the Red Sox has a Ford F-150 that's, like, black matted out. I posted yeah, it on the saw, Instagram. Yeah, you did a great job with the story. I saw that. And I, I didn't know if that was a joke or not. No, there, there was. So there had to be, I want to say, at least three or four um, black F-150s, like black matted out. Then there were other ones that were just black, a couple another in other colors. In total, maybe eight Ford F-150s of like some variety, but a lot of them were exactly the same. And some of they had like, I don't know, I don't remember what it was, but it said like Predator on the side or something. It was a specific model. I don't know if these guys all have deals or all get in free cars, but it was weird because it's like it's where the players park and it was just all in a line, the same car. Like you got to feel like an asshole when you yeah. show up like that. I don't know. What is that? I've, I've never been to Fenway. I drove past it on the JMU football bus when we went to play Northeastern some years ago. Um, so I can kind of like I know how tight the streets are and I know um, like where it's set up in the city over there. But uh, maybe I'll have to go. Um, you you had me cracking up this weekend. I think you're the perfect person to go. I'm not so much the perfect person to go. Um, I know you're familiar from Barstool and you got Caravis there. Um, I think you did a great job on social media between George's Box, Instagram, Bronx Pinstripe Stories and we eliminated them. They end up firing Dave Dabrowski. And uh, it was like, I don't know. It was, just like, it was like the perfect weekend for the, the rivalry to end. It was so on, on Saturday. So Saturday, I go to the game again. Frank Marco flies in the town from Nashville. Because he's got to be up there for work. So he's <laughs> like, yo, I got in town like before the game. And I was like, yo, I can get you in. Like, you can come with me. So we went. And I think because I made those videos of me and Frank going to the game that are on Bronx Pinstripe's Facebook, if you haven't uh, seen them, I, he's addicted to the content life. He was just like, oh, this is going to be good content. And I was like, what's going to be good content? <laughs> he's like, you know us together. And I was like, "Who? no one's filming it. There's no camera person filming us this time. He's like, your wife's not going to film? And I was like, no, I'm at the game with my wife. <laughs> I decided to bring you as well. Like, this is it. We're not working here. <laughs> you, you've put Frank on the other side of the screen. Now he thinks the camera's always rolling. <laughs> he loves it. He loves it. So, like, we, he met me uh, at a bar. We went in. And then we went and hung out in, like, right field in, like, the upper deck. There's a bar up there, the Sam Adams Bar. Had some beers. Met some people. Um, and then when I was like, all right, I'll just try to – we were trying to go to the Green Monster. And it was rented out. We got in the elevator. It was funny because we got in the elevator from the upper deck to go down to go over to the Green Monster. And I was like, yeah, let me just double check like how to get there. So I asked the guy in the thing. And he just turns and goes, are you JJ? I go, no. uh, depends. <laughs> and he goes, Dude, I used to fight with you on Twitter all the time. I thought you were a real piece of shit. It's like, oh, thanks, man. Didn't recognize you. That, cool. that how avatar do, is I, very small. Yeah. Cool. How do I get to the Green Monster? Someone had the Green Monster rented out, so you couldn't even go there. It was a private event. Do you imagine how much it costs to rent out the Green Monster on a, a Saturday waste. Yankee game? What a waste. Take That's an L. <laughs> uh, so we went, up, we went up to center field, and it was like – I think it's like it's pediatric cancer month, so it might have been an event for that. A lot of people with like ribbon shirts and yellow, whatever. A lot of kids, but there was a big empty section in the middle, so we went and just sat up there because – we didn't have seats. We didn't have tickets. We just walked in a side door to the stadium. Good security, Fenway. 
Um, <laughs> and the Yankees were up. And I'm like, I'm just going to make this video early. And then, like, kids start chanting, like, Yankees suck. I just start yelling at kids, like, scoreboard. Look at the scoreboard. Teach these kids math. <laughs> and, what, like, everyone was, for the most part, like, a good sport, cracking up. And then, yeah, I did the postgame video in, like, seventh or eighth inning. Because yeah, I, I was just like, was this kid's fucking over. I'm watching the game, and I'm seeing the, the postgame recap go out. And, obviously, I do postgame recaps. We, you know, we've rotated them this year. I'm like, this, the audacity. <laughs> like, what if it all crumbled? That's true faith and confidence that, no, the game is over. This is done. <laughs> this shit's over. Yeah, well, because that, like, the game was over, and then there's a bar called Bleacher Bar, and, like, it's kind of in the Green Monster. Like, it's in the outfield. You can see from the bar into the field. And Frank's girlfriend was there with her friend, and he was a little drunk and was like, oh, we got to go. Like, I got to go. Like, I left her, you know, whatever. So we go, and we show up. And um, I was like, I'd never been to this bar. And I was just like, we're essentially drinking in a wall. Like, that's all it is. Like, we're drinking in a wall. And uh, Frank's girlfriend and her friend and Frank were all wrecked. So I was like, you guys are just drunk mice. You're in a wall. Like, what are we doing here? I uh, made Frank do some Jaeger, do a Jaeger bomb right before I left him. He told me he threw up in the morning for the first time in his life. First Pretty time su- in your life? That he's thrown up the day after drinking. Yeah. Oh, man. What a good. shitty college experience he must have had. <laughs> I was about to say, well, good to get it done now. That might, be, that might lead him into many more mornings like that because yeah. that had to be a long time ago. But, like, it, it was like there was good energy. There was a lot of Yankee fans, the Red Sox. Didn't have any fight in them. The fans don't. The same thing. Like on Saturday, they like while I was at the game, they picked up Antonio Brown. So yep. like that's all they're talking about. And then no Edwin one in Boston cares. <laughs> yeah, they called it on the broadcast, and Edwin's like, "I don't give a fuck about that." Boop, home run. Yeah. So it was just like it, it was a weird energy because there was no one really cared. Not much yep. opposition. Um, and yeah, I mean the focus is on football for them. Good. Um, it's great to see your enemy just surrender like that. It's great to see them just completely fold. And those games aren't necessarily that fun to watch, but I mean, it's the rivalry and we're the better team and this is our year. And when the DVD comes out, there will be parts where we look at the Red Sox who won the World Series last year and we just show how they were no match for us. Yeah, I mean, the important thing for us was like Saturday – you get half going six and a third, not giving up any earned runs. So it's like we're continuing the build on a couple good starts in a row. Um, the sun was a big issue. I was out in right field when it happened, so I know the sun was an issue. But J.D. Martinez just couldn't see the ball. Oh, he he's had out a there. day. <laughs> he's grabbing titties. Guy's getting a second Yo. base from right field. Yo, how do you – how do you – how is that your home stadium and you're giving up – like, how do you not know how to play your own stadium? I guess the sun was that bad. I guess, uh, you know, September, we're getting into fall. It was that bad, but he looked terrible. And then the uh, the whole titty grab, man, I'm just like. That was a full titty, too. Yo, like, you can't, you can't, like, you can't make that type of stuff up. You can't expect that type of stuff. Like, like that lady is sitting in that seat, and he, the way he reached and hit in her reaction, I'm like, yo, this is a perfect, like, sports blooper. <laughs> The She's a Yankee just, fan. Like the face of her just going like, oh my God. Like the shock on that lady's face is amazing. Like, what did you expect? But I mean, it's it's partly because she's a Yankee fan. Like, if that was Aaron Judge, 
she might have like cracked a smile or made a certain. If that was Aaron Judge, I'll tell you what, Aaron Judge accidentally grabs a Yankee fan's titty in the outfield. He's coming back without a hand because that lady is probably like latching on and like, nope, <laughs> you're started, not going. She started to keep it going. That's just the start of it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> she's trying to buy. She's waving down the beer guy trying to buy him a drink. <laughs> Let me buy this young man a drink here. Only uh, in Fenway, yeah. man, with that that janky ass stadium, pesky pole, and that you know low right field, like something like that happens. Man, knock the place down, build them a new stadium because clearly you're knocking down the organization. You you started at the top, and now you got guys like Buki Betts coming out saying, uh, you know, it's a business, and um, JD Martinez alerts going off that him and Mookie might be heading out like the SpongeBob meme. I'm like, <laughs> the Red Sox are so done that like. Just like, just like, knock the stadium down, start over, and rebuild because their worst nightmare is about to happen. They're gonna win the World Series and then watch us win the World Series. Hey, redo the whole thing. I mean, we come back on Sunday night. Tanaka only gives us four innings, four earned. You know, you you want a little better out of him, especially heading the playoffs. But we get another win on a national stage where you know we're just beating up. On the Red Sox. The broadcast was rough at times. People, there was a lot of Sunday Night Baseball. It's funny because as a Yankee fan, we get used to watching it like six times a year. Yeah. And so we're used to just like, oh, this broadcast stinks. Jessica Mendoza gets all of her, like, every joke she tries to make, they just leave her hanging. Like, no one responds at all. And A-Rod is just like clearly out of things to talk about. You know, as it gets late in the season... That's why we had the guys on Yes roasting Joe West like a week ago because there's just nothing else to talk about anymore. Yeah, and you can't have dead air. And then with A-Rod, actually dead air is probably better than letting A-Rod talk. Um, I was listening to NBC. I was watching Sunday Night Football on the big screen and then had the uh, Sunday Night Baseball and watch ESPN on the MacBook. And I can't like I, I can't listen to, between uh, Mendoza and her romance with the Red Sox and her whack jokes, and then A-Rod just like, I don't know. I'll like me growing up. I never envisioned this a rod. So like, I can't sit there and like watch the Yankees and listen to him call the game and say all the dumb shit that he says. And some of the things that he comes up with, I'm like, is he making some of this up for TV? Is he trying too hard? Is he uncomfortable? Like, I can't really call it. So I just don't even listen. Whenever it's Sunday night baseball, I'm like, no, I can't. I can't sit through this broadcast. ESPN a rod is tough. I like Fox a rod. Like for the playoffs, like when he's in the studio and he's not doing a game and he's just like, here are the things to look for and he's doing breakdowns. I think he's so good at that because he gets more time to to plan that and his mind for the game is so good that like that's one thing where it was like I was watching. I was like, God, I'm kind of tired of A-Rod calling games this year. (laughs) I had also on my flight listened. I listened to A-Rod's podcast and he had just like interviewed Stephanie McMahon and Triple H from the WWE and did a bad job there that I was like, God, come on, A-Rod, like, get it right. So I'm just waiting for playoff A-Rod where we, where we get some deep analysis. But, you know, you embarrass him on a national stage. We get to talk all that shit, come back, and on a Monday night, finding out that, and we'll talk about it right after, that they got rid of Dave Dombrowski. Paxson goes out there, gives us six and two-thirds, no earned runs, hands it over to Britain, and we are playing with the bullpen. We're giving guys some days off. But, you know, in a game like that where it's, you know, we've got a one nothing lead at the time and we hand it to Brynn, after that we probably still keep rolling guys out in the playoffs that 
you know, aren't Lions, you know, guys who aren't going to, you know, be sniffing this roster. But, I mean, you take three or four out of Boston, you lose on a, a fluke Friday, seven-pitcher starter bullpen game where even their starter goes out because he fell down the steps. And you're coming out of Boston happy as shit. But as you've alluded to, we made them fire their president. Dave Dombrowski <laughs> is out one year after winning a World Series. And they could have done this at any other time. That's the thing. <laughs> like Somebody had enough. Somebody, somebody said, yo, this is the time to do it. Because they could have waited. They could have done it before this series. They could have done it after this series. They decided to do this during the rivalry, during the Yankees series, while the Yankees were in town. For what reason? I'm not exactly sure besides waving the white flag. Like, we're done. So my understanding is that Dave Dombrowski was coming up on the last year of his of his contract, and behind closed doors, they told him that there's not going to be an extension. So for right now, at least, they're either I don't know when his contract was up. I don't think it was at the end of this year. There, um, I think it was the end of next year. But like you're going into like a lame duck year and we're going to have you go into that. And Dombrowski kind of said, well, go fuck yourself. Get rid of me then. And so they made the move to get rid of him. And it, it's embarrassing. Like it's good for us from like a Yankee standpoint to be like, oh, look, you had to get rid of your like, you know, your GM in the middle of a series that we're playing you. But realistically, I just think it's Dombrowski doing what Dombrowski does. Like he helped build the Marlins twice win two World Series. He helped build the Tigers, got them to the World Series twice. And, you know, they couldn't get it done, but he got them there. And now he did the same thing with Red Sox. He got them to the World Series, won the World Series. But in every time, he's a hurricane. He leaves you with no resources, no money, absolute destruction. But, like, maybe you have a World Series to show for it. And I think when he, if he did this for the Red Sox, you know, and they hadn't won since 1918, it'd be different. But when you just won like two years ago, and it's not even the deals he made to win the World Series, I think it was coming out of that to give Price the contract that they gave him, to give Nathan Avaldi $68 million guaranteed. It's tough to say like, hey, you know what? This is the guy that we think is going to be able to right the ship. And I think it's a credit to Brian Cashman because they're going on their ninth GM in 21 years. We've had one guy, and it's been Brian Cashman. And Brian Cashman got a lot of shit because he just goes out and buys players. Sometimes that turned into World Series. Sometimes it didn't. But as we've seen over the past three, four years, Brian Cashman had the ability to rebuild uh, a farm system, which Dave Dombrowski has shown that he does not have. Yeah, when you look at this team this year and the the plan B's and plan C's and backup and replacement players that we have, man, it's it's a special year. And when you look at our, you know, our rivals and how they're running the the business and how we're running things. And like you said, we've had the same guy. They got this guy up out of here and we're ready to go. We're looking like a championship team this year. All is well in Yankee land, uh, not so much in Fenway, Boston land. So. I'm cool with it, man. Like I said, I couldn't, I can't get that uh, the SpongeBob meme out of my head. <laughs> like Dombrowski, like Saturday night, like all right, I'm gonna head out, and then Mookie and uh, JD following following it up with their comments to the uh, to the press to the you know in the post game stuff, saying like, yeah, this is a business, and then I'm getting alerts that you know these guys are gonna dip out, and then hey, that looks good for us in the future, right? 
because they're going to have to rebuild, per se. We don't know exactly. And our team is going to be our team. Um, we're going to be in great shape next year, and they're going to be trying to figure it out next year when some of their main pieces walk. Yeah, I mean, they've got Rick Porcello as a free agent. Steve Pierce is a free agent. Mitch Moreland's a free agent. Brock Holt's a free agent. J.D. Martinez has the ability to opt out. He's killing it. The team, the franchise looks like it's in, in shambles. My understanding was what, what I've been told kind of going through some of my sources, J.D. Martinez intends to opt out. J.D. Martinez, as of last week when I heard this, intended to opt out and re-sign with the Red Sox because Dave Dombrowski would give him that money. But it looks like essentially what we're going to see is similar to like where the Yankees were in like 2000, I don't know, like 16, 2017, even, you know, 2017, where it's like, ah, we're not really spending. We've got these guys. We've got to play out these contracts. We've got to get out from under some of these big contracts. And when you look at it, like you've Chris sale all this money. He's out for the rest of the year. He, who knows what his injury problems are going to be. He misses time every year. You sign Nathan Avali to an insane contract. He misses most of this year, and he has a history of Tommy John injuries. So now, earlier in the year when they were struggling, David Price came straight out and said, if we don't turn this around, I'm getting traded, Betts is getting traded, J.D. Martinez is getting traded. So we're naming guys. I don't think a guy like David Price, now that the going has gotten tougher, is going to toughen up. I think they do have to look. They're going to end up having to look for a reason to get rid of him. Uh, I think Mookie Betts is going to end up getting a big contract this year from arbitration, but then he's going to end up on a trading block. And I, we may see what we thought was this young rivalry that was like really building up a couple years ago. I think will be no more by the time we hit the trade deadline next year. I'm fine with that. Um, like I said, it's looking good for us in Yankee land. I'm not worried about them over there. And hey, I, I said I've never been to Fenway. If we're gonna roll in the next couple years, there's definitely gonna be a trip in the plans. If I know I'm gonna make a trip now. Yeah, if I know I'm gonna make a trip up there and we're gonna beat the shit out of the Red Sox, cool. Part of my reason for not going is, man, I'm not gonna be able to tolerate some obnoxious racist fans and we're losing 10 nothing. Like I'm not gonna go up there and you know, spend all that money and, and be stuck there for a weekend and lose a series. Um, but yeah, the future looks bright for, for the rivalry on our side. So I'm cool with it, man. I wish them no luck. I don't know if I've told you the story before. So, I mean, I know, you know, that in 2015, I did a documentary for MLB network and, um, Fox sports on just like, uh, baseball rivalries. So yeah. I went, I did like six hours of talking head stuff. And they asked me, the, like the second to last question they asked me was like, so what do you think of Fenway Park? And after six hours, it took them to ask me this. And I just said, well, I've never been. And they go, what do you mean you've never been to Fenway Park? Like you're this huge Yankees fan. And I said, yep, I just turned 30 years old. I've recently become of an age and maturity where I won't say something to force someone to hit me in the head with a bottle. Right. <laughs> and and they were like, oh, can you go tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, sure. And they sent me up there with security to go. But – yeah, I just think like the fight was out of the fans for this series. And, you know, to be the ones to end the division hopes. And, like, yes, the Red Sox mathematically have playoff hopes. But to be the ones that really end their division hopes, it was just like that extra, like that cherry on top, the way 
maybe it's the universe. It's the way the it universe is. worked out that I, it gave. I know you wanted to go up there and clinch, so we didn't we didn't go up there and clinch, but we went up there Dude, and eliminated if you, them. If you think my videos were tough for people when we didn't clinch, I had so many things <laughs> if we were clinching. So much stupid shit that I had planned that I probably would have gotten beaten up, beaten up. But the Red Sox season is over. We don't have to see them again. We don't have to talk about them again. We don't have to think about them again. We've come in and we have van vanquished our enemy and we get to move on to the promised land, which is the playoffs. And so as we sit about, we are nine, or our magic number is nine. So for, I, I assume everyone knows what that means. But if you don't, it means that the combination of Yankees wins and Tampa losses has to get to nine. And once it gets to nine, mathematically, they can't come back and win the division. So as we start to look at it, the current wild card standings, because we would, we're either going to face the loser, the winner of the wild card game, or the Minnesota Twins. So we are looking at most likely we are going to face Tampa, Cleveland, Oakland, or Minnesota. Who do you want to face the most? Who do you want to face the least out of that? Um, I'd like to face Tampa um, just because like, they already know what time it is. Uh, and then it's pretty even for the rest. Uh, I don't want to see Oakland, um, <laughs> obviously, because we had to We've struggled them off. Yeah, we had to take them the extra innings into the bottom of the ninth just to get a win at home. Um, they've definitely got something for us. I'm not saying that, you know, we wouldn't beat them in a series in the postseason because, you know, most of the people listening know postseason baseball is different than regular season by a lot. But uh, I, I rather um, I rather see Tampa, the familiarity and obviously them being little brother and, you know, it just be kind of like a like a first round buy, in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, so if I had to face any of these teams and I could pick any way to face them, I feel like I'd want to do the Twins just because we can beat the shit out of Twins. We always beat the shit out of Twins in the playoffs. But in order to end up facing the Twins, we have to lose home field advantage. Yeah. So I want to keep home field advantage. I'm in the same boat as you. I think just like Tampa. I want Tampa. I don't want to... I also don't want to have to fly to the West Coast. Like, I don't want this team right. to have to get on a plane, go to Oakland, play in that shit stadium. I don't want to hear those drums anymore. No. I don't want them to have to then fly back. Like, if we could keep it where they're on a two-and-a-half-hour flight to Tampa, a two-and-a-half-hour flight to Minnesota, a two-and-a-half-hour flight to Cleveland, and I don't know how long it is to fly to Minnesota or Cleveland. I'm assuming it's under three hours. I think that's the best-case scenario. The one thing that I don't like, and you know, Tampa is, you, you know, they're at least going to make it to a wild card game, it looks like, and they have a good chance of hosting one. I don't like playoff baseball indoors. Like, I want it to be, <laughs> I like, I just, I want it to be cold. I yeah. don't, you know, yeah. I, even when you're in the South, like, if you're in somewhere, you know, in the South, like, it still gets kind of chilly at night, but just like in that shitty dome, God forbid a game comes down to one of those speakers or one of those catwalks. Like these games, they should play these games in Montreal if they make the playoffs. And that just made me laugh because I, I just I just like thought like, huh, MLB, get rid of these trash stadiums. The two worst stadiums in Major League Baseball, Oakland, Tampa Bay. And 
like there's a pretty good chance that they're going to host playoff games. And we have to deal with that. And I don't want to deal with that. Now, Target Field is amazing. I've been to Target Field, but I don't want to see Minnesota. Like the way that they, script, they do it, they hit a lot of home runs. Right. Yeah. And La Bamba squad. We don't want to get into that again with them. Um, the way that this, this script is being written, the Yankees get home field. And I think we face Tampa. And uh, I mean, maybe we just sweep them. Um, I don't I do not want to play in Trashicana Field or the Coliseum like the cowbells in Tropicana and then the, the horns and the drums in the Coliseum. No, but that's what like there's not really many other options. And, you know, like that's what it's looking like. It's actually kind of funny. And like if, you know, Cleveland happens to sneak in, like we have a losing record against them this year. I mean, they always play tough. You don't want to see Terry Francona in the playoffs because whatever you think you know about him or how he's going to approach this game, like he, you know, you never know when he's going to throw his closer, how he's going to mix things up. They're a tough team that's been like right on the fringe for a couple years. You don't want to be that team that, you know, pushes them over the edge by slipping up. Um, It's just like, it's weird though, because the same way that I'm like, yo, the Yankees always beat up on the twins. I don't give a shit. We're going to beat the Twins. If we play the Twins, we're going to kick the shit out of the Twins. With Oakland, where they've been beating us, I still, for that one, and I know it's the exact opposite of what I just said in Minnesota, I do treat it like, all right, well, you swept us. You won that one game. We had to walk you off twice. You've got a little bit of momentum, even though we had those walk-offs. But it's like in football when it's like, can you beat a team three times? You know, mm-hmm. when the, the Patriots have to play that Jets, the Jets that third time in the playoffs. That's how Mark Sanchez gets a win because you can't beat him three times. Right. And historically, we've seen the A's get hot in like July. Always August, this time of year. September. They're always and August, then, September hot. Yep. And then it's like, okay, postseason time, where are you at? They don't get too far. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, they like really never, you know, piece it together. They never really advance. So it's like, but you know, like, that was a different team. Like Jeremy Giambi is not on that roster. Derek Jeter is not on ours. So I don't want this year where it's like we're right there. We have the team to win the World Series. Everyone who's a Yankee fan knows it. The team feels different. It feels special. I don't want to be the one where, you know, I don't want this to be the time that they don't turn back into a pumpkin. You know, the glass slipper doesn't turn back. The clock doesn't strike midnight. I mean, so, it's not seeming that way. And uh, I know we're going to talk injuries, but uh, it's coming together. And with, with Hap, you know, I think Hap is the type of guy he's figuring it out because he wants to be on the postseason roster. I think um, Paxton's another guy who wants to be, you know, the Yankee ace, wants to be looked at as an ace. And he, he flew to L.A. early and, and he figured it out before the first game of that big Dodgers series, which was had postseason energy. And he wants to be the guy in the postseason. So it's coming together at the right time. Uh, I pray for our health. I pray for our health. And um, I mean, it's it's well, it's let's fast talk about approaching. it. Yeah, it's let's talk about it. You've had a you've had a heartbreaking week. We'll yeah. just kick it off from the top. Um, Mike Talkman out six to eight weeks with a calf injury. The season is done. Sucks. The sock man. Come on, this, bro. Like this dude literally is having the best year of his life. It's hits one a bomb, of those. Hits a bomb in the same game that he has a season ending injury. This is a guy that like 
when we look back on this first season of our podcast and how we talked about him, we grew to love this guy. I, I said uh, on Twitter, I'm like, losing him cut me deep. And, and I said that because it cut me deeper than I expected. Like, I wasn't expecting to feel for Mike Talkman this way. Yeah. And, you know, it sounds like he had a little bit of calf discomfort. And he had had it for a few days, but he thought he was fine, could play through it. And then something just went. And it stinks because ideally, you know, you think about it with when you've got the 40-man rosters, it's September, you know, you would assume most of the time that a guy like that who's been playing as well as he has can just say, hey, calf's calf's a little tight. Give me like four days off because you've got enough guys to play the field. But the way this team is and the way this team's built and all the injuries that we've gone through, Guys like Talkman, who listen, he had a great season, but Talkman is a fringe major league player. Yeah, um, you're just trying to get out there and show that you can stay healthy, you can contribute because you don't want to get Wally pipped. I mean, right now, when we look at it, Aaron Hicks also, um, everyone was hopeful for him. He started, you know, a throwing program, but it he went down to Tampa to really ramp things up. And it looks like his season's going to be done. Because yeah, see, on the flip side, dude, I don't feel the same for Hicks because I'm he's not got surprised. seventy million dollars, and he yeah, and he's also right. Like we signed this contract with him, also knowing his injury history. History. Yeah. I'm hashtag Hicks Hive man because I, I like I I understand the switch hitting guy with the cannon arm that can win games for us, like he did in Minnesota, making a ridiculous catch is an awesome center fielder to have when available but i also understand that he's not always available so when i heard that news it was just like a well like okay <laughs> like that's on yeah. on brand in a way i hate to say that um and for 70 million dollars over seven years like that's not crippling us in any way so like no if he comes back healthy next year no one will care at all um you know if he if he starts next year with like he's got to miss the first two months of the season no, I don't Does, think anyone's going to get too upset. It's like it's a non-factor. That's why I said on the flip side, like Talkman losing Talkman hurt just because of his story, and I really wanted the guy. Yeah, to, you know, I wanted him to have some postseason moments, and and he's a you know he's a fiery guy, and I know he'd be pumped up to contribute. Hicks, I I'm I look at Hicks, and I'm just like I'm not surprised. Um, even the way that he got hurt, right, throwing the ball in from center to third, something like that. And I'm just like. Okay, expected, and I kind of expected it, um, but now and that's more than another ever. reason why you, you don't really get mad is because like it's not something stupid off the field. He wasn't like playing through an injury. He was doing what he does, which is right. make throws from the outfield, regular throw, and it happens. So Hicks done for the year, Talkman done for the year. You know what that means, Keith. Yeah, I got to turn my alerts back on. I unsubscribe, but I have no choice but to resubscribe. And speaking of subscribing, if you're listening to the show, subscribe. Give us five stars. Leave a review. Leave us some funny reviews. I'm going to go in before next week's show and uh, see if there are any funny reviews, and I'll read them. Someone told me yesterday I was at the Bronx Pinstripes uh, Philly event, and it's a great group of guys. Uh, They get like a – and girls. They get a, a bunch of people out. And someone came up to me and goes, yeah, I was, tra- I was pitching your podcast to, uh, to a friend of mine. 
And I think I found the perfect way to pitch it. And I was like, oh, awesome, great, because like, we're always looking for ideas. He goes, it's as if two bullies from your high school were talking sports in a funny way. And I was like, he's not a bully. <laughs> I go, Keith isn't a bully at all. <laughs> the guy goes, so you admit you are? I go, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I'm Keith's not. not. He goes, I don't know. I was in the band. He was on the football team. I just see it not going well. Yeah, I got. I guess I got the jock muscles type thing, but I'm not a yeah. bully. <laughs> That's what I said. I was defending. I was like, he's not a bully at all. Me, piece of shit. He's <laughs> yeah, not I'm, a bully. I'm the, I'm the lovable Yankee fan now. That, now I get it, right? You're the you're the Yankee fan everyone hates. I'm the the lovable Yankee fan. Yeah, but only losers and haters hate me. Right. The enemies. The lovable uh, Yankee fans love you though. Like we we like that shit. <laughs> yeah. So. Rumor is Giancarlo Stanton could be back in the Bronx next week for the next homestand. As someone who has, and I get it, you've unsubscribed. How does that make you feel? We're out of options. If there is any time for Giancarlo Stanton to rewrite his narrative, if there is any time to change the people of New York City's minds, it would be right now. (laughs) Come so in got, and save the day. So if he came back next Tuesday, the 17th, he's got six games at home, two off day, two in Tampa, off day, three in Texas, and then a couple days off before game one Friday. I think, one, I think if he's healthy, if he can get in this lineup, regardless of the results, he's on the postseason roster. Of course. You could put him in there and he could get – Four at bats every game, playing ten games, go zero for forty. He's still on that post. He's expensive. He's expensive, so he's on the roster. But he's also on that roster because he's intimidating. He's going to change the way that people pitch against us and pitch against him. And depending on where we put him in the lineup, he's going to help the other hitters in the lineup. So, like, I trust me, I get it. When I unsubscribe from him, it was out of frustration because I'm like, he's not even going to play this year. I think also, you know, I, I, you bring up a great point that, you know, if you're hitting in front of him, you're going to see different pitches with him there because he's still a former NL MVP. He's still a young guy. It's not like he's a 40-year-old who won an MVP 15 years ago. Um, once he gets his timing back, if he could stay healthy. But I, I do think that, let's say, the Hicks news was different. Hicks is feeling good. Talkman doesn't get injured. I think what you you don't we don't hear that he could be back next week. I don't. I think it was right, the they, timing of releasing that information that yep. they didn't necessarily have to release. Was listen, things are bad, but we got that. Like we've exactly. got the big guy. The awesome. Yankees know what they're doing, man. They don't. Yo, know, they don't just they don't just let out information without thinking. They control their narrative, and you know they know way more than we'll ever know. We talk about it every week. We look for alerts and updates on every platform. But we'll never really know behind the scenes what's going on. They know, and they know the timing. And okay, so you know, Aaron Boone. That's what man. Going back to when we hired Aaron Boone, I'm like, he is the perfect guy because he's he's coming from the ESPN in the media. He knows how to talk to the media. He knows how to be on camera. He knows how to deliver the message that Cashman and the organization wants him to deliver. So when I'm seeing the news about Hicks and Talkman, you know, Boone is delivering it in a, in a kind of like somber or like you know like. You know, he's not pumped up about it, um, but in a way where he's he's telling Yankee fans like, hey, you know, these guys are pretty much done. But the hype train is starting again with these Stanton videos and people are going back in the archives to show 
his best Yankee moments and remind people that, hey, this is the former MVP. This guy hits bombs. He's a present. So we need him. And there'd be literally no better time for his career and his legacy as a Yankee than to come back and rejoin this team, the replace for 28 crew, turn it back into chase for 28 crew and be the guy that we signed to help bring us to the promised land, bro. Come on. So, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm just picturing it. Like, let's say he comes back and he has, like, a rough couple games to get started, but, like, he just gets in the playoffs and just does, like, an A-Rod 2009, like, just starts killing the ball. Because, yeah, I, would love I mean, that. it is a thing that is 100% possible. Like, we're not talking about getting Luis Soho off the IL. We're talking about <laughs> right. Giancarlo Stanton. So, it brings us – all these injuries also bring us to another interesting thing. Cameron Mabin has been so good on this team since we picked him up. Cameron Mabin has earned a spot on this playoff roster. Cameron Mabin has a sore wrist. Clint Frazier is like a hot week away from being on this playoff roster. Yeah, buddy. Could you imagine that? He can't field. That shit's a liability. <laughs> That's the thing. I can imagine it. I can imagine it. But I know, I know, I know we need the defense more so than we got hella bats. We can't have that liability in left. I, I'm telling you, but at, and I get it. So it's like there is a certain threshold. Like if he hits two home runs, that's not enough. If he hits four home runs in a week or has like a couple multi home run games, it's something you got to think about. And it also depends on like where Stanton is because is Stanton out there and like his timing, he's just figuring out, but like physically, he's totally fine to play the outfield for full games. Or do we need a defensive replacement? And, you know, even with, like, Gardner has to get a day off tomorrow. So, like, are we going to see Tyler Wade in center field? I oh, don't, you know. God. We might. Tyler, they, 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 would definitely, they would definitely do that. Like, it wouldn't. For a regular season game, and Tyler Wade gives us a lot of speed, you know, if Maven's wrist is all right, he's, you know, up there. He says Gardner and him are neck and neck for fastest on the team. So, it's going to be just really interesting to see how this outfield situation shakes out over the next couple of weeks because we could, if I told you a month ago that our outfield was going to be Judge, Gardner, Stanton, and off the bench is Clint Frazier, which is not likely, but it's a, still it's a possibility. Or, you know, two days before the trade deadline, if I told you that, you'd think I was insane. But this season... You never know what's going to happen. Yeah, and it's it's an amazing story. I think it's one of the greatest stories in sports right now. I've been pumping the hashtag replace for 28 because we've never seen anything like this. A championship team, a first place team, a dominant team that is getting it done with whoever, anybody. The most injuries of all yep. time. And just like, like usually you see a team get crippled by injuries and the, the story is, man, they had such a great team. What could have been? What could have been? If they could have stayed healthy, that Yankee team could have won the 2019 World Series. No. These guys are on this replace for 28 wave where they're like, yo, whoever we have to replace, get it done. Our backups are clearly better than starters in this league. We got a guy like Austin Romine just popping in, hitting bombs, contributing. He could be a starting catcher for majority of the teams. In Major League ba uh, Baseball. Well, that's what we do. I mean, the Yankees, like, if you think about Cashman. all of our backups that we've had, like, over the years, like, Chris Stewart years ago went on to be a, a starter. Yeah. Um, John Flaherty could have started for some teams. Yeah. 
You know, we've had guys who've it's gone on. Everyone goes to Pittsburgh. Having a to plan B, plan C, having a farm system, having guys that are ready in case doomsday hits and everyone gets hurt like it did this year. It's ridiculous. And that's the difference between Dumb- a Dombrowski and a Cashman. Exactly. Dombrowski does not have Dombrowski that. can get you a ring in one fluke, amazing year where everything connects. Cashman will get you a, a ring in one year where everything falls apart. And I'm just hoping that, man, if John Carlos Stanton is right, we're good. And even with Clint Frazier, maybe Clint Frazier gets out of his head, but I just don't see it, man. The postseason is so high leverage and everyone's like pumped up and and he's he's such a head case that like, a, it's a defense too. that's what like i'm saying a routine error. a routine play that he should make and left he's gonna botch and then we like we don't have him he's gonna be the out booze of it burning down like that's i just see the booze exactly the booze will crush that him. man and, and we we don't need that so like john carlo has to i don't know go to sleep at night pray to the baseball gods get right and know that listen dude you are one of the best baseball players in the world you can be the part of this replace for 28 year that literally propels us through October and like solidifies that left field spot for us. And there's no worries. If, if John Carlo is even like I said, like I said before about um, him affecting the lineup, if he's even okay or average and not just getting strike uh, struck out or, you know, looking lost up there, he's going to affect how we, see pitches and and depending on where we put him in the lineup i don't think he's gonna come right back and we throw him in the four hole but like he's gonna affect this team in a positive way we know he can field man the timing of it hey like there's only this is this is the time this is it it's now or never the timing of it couldn't be any any better if you want to be the guy you're supposed to be he said he wanted to get on a championship team right he left miami to come to the yankees and he came to the Yankees because he knew of the guys that would be here like Judge, like Gary, like Glaber. And he knew that he'd have a chance to play in New York under the bright lights in a potential World Series. Well, help us fucking get there. I mean, think about like you plug him in like you might plug him in in like the six hole. Imagine you're adding G. Carlos yes. in like the six yes. hole. Yes. Yes. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying, dude. Like. I'm 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 getting ahead of myself with it because I'm just like you and every other Yankee fan. We're starting to dream now. We're we're almost midway through September. We can feel it in our bones. You can smell it in the air. You know what time it is. And if we've made it through all of this adversity, if we've replaced guys all year, even like Geo coming back, right? We didn't miss Geo in this last two weeks that Geo was gone. But think about how great Geo has been for us all year. It does get to a point where it's like even tough to be like, who's who's injured right now? Like there were a couple like like, wait, is he on? Oh, no, no. He's injured. Like, you you know, as you look through guys, you're like, who's here? Who's not? Luke found it because this weekend. We so miss fast. Luke and we, we miss Edwin. Edwin comes right back to hitting bombs. Luke seems to be finding himself at the plate. Good, fellas. Everybody figure it out in the next two to three weeks because we need the best baseball out of the guys that we've got. We ain't got that many guys. I've got a hot take for you. I've got a hot take. My defense is Stanton, Gardner, Judge. Provided Stanton obviously can come back and he's healthy. Yeah. Um, my infield is Geo, Didi, Glaber, and I'm sorry, DJ LeMayhew over Luke Voigt at first base. I'm fine with that. I think he just does. Are you DHing? It's one of those things. Is it going to be I'm, you're DHing I'm, Edwin? Yes. 
I'm fine with that. And Gary's obviously catching. Yeah. I just think, like, Luke's been great. Like, I love Luke Voigt. Great guy. Um, I enjoy, you know, the Mike Ford story. I think we all knew realistically uh, if he had to be the guy. You know, we're not in, in a great position right there. But... I mean, DJ LeMay, who can play all over the place. He's played 34 games at first base. He's made one error this year. So in 228 innings to make one error, you're not losing anything defensively. I mean, the guy's gone out and he's won gold gloves at second base. So he can handle playing first base. And he just does so much for us at the plate right now that you, you, you need him there. I don't see how you take him out. And I want Didi in the lineup. I know everyone talked to, you know, there's a lot of people talking about, do you take Didi out? I take Boyd out before I take Didi out. Because I think, like you said, we have the power. We have the bats. We're not worried about, you know, can we drive the ball? Right. We need to get on base. And I know people don't and, believe in clutch genes or such thing as being clutch, but Didi has so many clutch moments, and he can play a little small ball in between. He'll hit the grand slam. He'll hit the bomb when it's there, but he'll also send one. You know, like just a shot, like a hard ground ball or, you know, just a, a bloop single, whatever it is when we need it in between these these boppers, these power guys. So um, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I don't disagree with that that lineup and that approach. Um, Luke Voigt had me kind of worried for a little while. Like I was calling him Luke Voigt because he was striking out looking. And, yeah. But like this was a good series for him to get it back in Fenway this past weekend. He seems to be ready again. But I completely understand throwing DJ at first. And now that Gio is healthy putting Gio at third, Edwin is DH, and, and at least that's how we approach maybe game one. Yeah. I mean, in just over, like, maybe like two and a half times the innings, um, he's got seven errors. So, like, DJ's a, a better defensive first baseman, and he just does – he just does what we need is we need to get on base because we've got enough like big boppers out there. Yeah, and I don't know the um, fan graphs or the metrics on how many runs DJ saves versus him, but DJ can get to some balls that Luke doesn't get to. I've seen D- DJ oh, yeah. lay out and snag some balls at first where I'm like, I don't know if Luke is getting to that one, whether it's it's right in that gap or whether it's into the, in the shift or whatever. I'm fully confident with uh, our MVP at first. Um, and then so talking about pitching – um, as we've talked about kind of all day, our starters are starting to figure it out, but we've got, we've got some backup coming. We've got Jordan Montgomery is starting tonight in Trenton. He's been making his way back. Uh, Batantis is going to come in after him tonight. He need they say he needs a few more outings, but he can, you know, before they could set a date that he'll return the, there's five games left in the double a season for the playoffs. He's going to pitch tonight. I think maybe they give him a day off and they try to bring him back again like one more time. Uh, then maybe he's got to throw sim games. But at a certain point with the roster, you just got to throw him out there. And whether you know, you're know you looking at throwing him out there maybe against the Blue Jays next weekend, uh, not this weekend coming up, but the following weekend at home, let him get in and you know, see what you have. I don't see Jordan Montgomery. Uh, I think it's great that he's coming back healthy. I don't see him being necessarily a factor because if you've got guys who've been delivering all year, um, he doesn't have – he's not a Giancarlo Stanton. He doesn't have that history of pitching well that he comes back. Um, at Seve, they're saying one more start tomorrow, you know, Wednesday if you're listening to this, the day it comes out, in Trenton. Then he's going to come back, and we're going to try to stretch him out because if he were to go on Wednesday, then we're looking at one, two, three, four. He maybe pitches the 17th. 
Then he pitches again the 22nd. We could get him three starts before the end of the season um, just to kind of get him stretched out some while maybe skipping like a Tanaka start to give him a little rest. Yeah. Um, so like kind of the, the things are piecing back together, but also on Wednesday, CC Sabathia is going to start another game for the Yankees. Yeah, I saw it. I'm with the plan. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Let him go out there and pitch. Domingo Herman's going to start behind him because uh, we're trying to limit his innings a bit, and CeCe's probably not going to go deep. But, I mean, unless CeCe goes out there and gives us three close to perfect innings, three no-run innings, and then he can come out and do it again in five, six days and give us another three innings, or even shorter, like, if he does it in five or six days and he can give us two, three innings again in six days, then I want to see him do it in two days because you can't give him a start. And I just – I don't think – I still stand C.C. Sabathia should not be on the postseason roster. Agreed. And I think this is a test for multiple things. I think they're going to see what C.C. has left. And also this might be his last, you know, like one of his last uh, um, his last Yankee Stadium moment, you know, uh, pitching in a Yankee Stadium for the last time. Um, and then they're also going to test like with Domingo coming behind him. Hey, is this something like if, if CC looks good, maybe we could try this for a game in a postseason, or but se- I or doubt behind seven. I doubt. Yeah. I right. Think- or, or if exactly, or if Domingo coming behind CC is something we could do when Sevy's ready to go, Sevy and Domingo would be raw dude. And, uh, I remember months ago, we talked about it on this podcast, how we would, you know, look at, you know, Domingo's innings limit and, Sevy coming back when we didn't know if Domingo was going to have an innings limit or when Sevy was going to come back. They are like, I hope they have some type of like fusion, like Dragon Ball Z fusion, like Wonder Twin thing <laughs> where like it's it's Sevy Domingo together. Like that could be raw. It could be. And I think, you know, if you were to say CC starts on the 11th and then depending, you know, when it makes sense, if you tell him, I think if they have a conversation with him and say, you're not going to make the roster. If they said right now it doesn't look like it, and you say, we can bring you back in five days on the 17th, but we really we want to see Sevy there. So maybe the 18th, or do we say, listen, we'll give you on the 21st, it's against the Blue Jays, it's Saturday, one o'clock start, Yankee Stadium. It's, you know, it's one of those like marquee starts, you know, just to get in the ball then. We'll give, you know, or maybe the last home game of the year. It's fan appreciation day. Hey, Cece, say goodbye to the people like this. Yeah, but I'm fine with that. I, I'm glad, like, good for him for coming back. Um, yeah. I want him to get a ring. I just don't want him to earn the we, ring. We said on the pod that he wasn't going to go out the way he went out against Oakland a couple weeks ago. Um, that 8-2 loss on the Friday night we had against Oakland where, you know, his knee hurt, and I think he only gave us three innings, and he put us in a bad spot. I'm like, there's no way, Cece being from Oakland, there's no way – that's his last moment in Yankee Stadium. So here it comes, right? This is potentially his last moment in Yankee Stadium. We're going to see something. We're going to learn something. Uh, this is going to be a little test experiment. Um, I wish him the best of luck. I hope he looks solid. I, I mean, I like everyone to ride off into the sunset, especially, you know, a future Hall of Famer, one of our guys. Yeah. No, I mean, I would even, like, I want CC. To get that like last, you know, standing O, and I don't care if it's in the fourth inning of a game against the Blue Jays on a Saturday, get that. Um, and then just be there to motivate these guys and tell them how they have to act right and tell them how they don't get uh, you know, don't get overexcited. But 
the rotation, how it's going to shake out over the next like two weeks, it's going to be really exciting. The outfield, how it's going to shake out. Um, it's it's kind of good problems to have that we have all these options, but you know, obviously it would be much better if everyone's healthy. And right now we're sitting when we talk next week, uh, we'll, we'll probably win five games between now and then we'll be at the same record we had last year. And I said it on the very first podcast that we had, mm-hmm. I said, you know, with, you know, Brian Cashman didn't make the big moves. We don't have Bryce Harper. We don't have Manny Machado. And it's very easy to look at those and see, those guys were having down years and, you know, oh, that, you know, you know, that, that was a good move. And I said, really, the measuring stick would be, can we win 101 games? Like, if, if even if we won the division, we won 98 games. I don't think it's as good as a team. But the way these guys have come together, not just on the field, off the field, um, like spiritually or however you want to put it and really become like a, a brotherhood of men. Uh, all credit to Brian Cashman, man. He's done one hell of a job. Uh, and I'm excited to see where it goes uh, going on. But that's really that's all we have on the Yankees. It's been a lot. A couple other things happening around the league. Uh, Dave Dombrowski, we talked about. He's out. Yep. Uh, Pete Alonso has the body of a mailman. Gross. And uh, he's going to hit the he's going to hit more home runs than Aaron Judge did as a rookie. I think it's you know obviously it's the juice balls. Uh, a lot of people are getting upset about it. I like making fun of him just because he's a weird looking guy. But like. I don't care that he passes Aaron Judge's record. I don't care about the rookie home run record. I don't care that the balls are juiced for a few reasons. One, everyone knows the balls are juiced. It's better for baseball, better offense. I'm with it. But I honestly think like him passing Aaron Judge, uh, I'll piss Aaron Judge off. Yes, good. I can see yep. Aaron Judge. Yep. That's just exactly saying, what like, I was thinking. I was thinking two things yeah. with that, dude. Let him watch Judge's record so everyone, including Judge, can move on from that season. We need Judge to give us some postseason moments. And I hope, like, I don't know, Meredith asking him, hey, hey, Aaron, how do you feel about uh, Pete Alonso breaking your, your home run? Like, I hope that fires him up to be like, um, the fucking Mets aren't making the postseason. We're in the postseason. They can have that record. Good for them. Watch what we're about to go do. So, like, it really doesn't mean anything. I saw, I saw his shirtless post game everywhere and i'm like this dude is disgusting this dude looks like he never lifted a weight but he's a power guy right this guy this guy's a power guy because rawlings has these uh mlb you know co-signed juice balls but either way you you ever take a uh like a little league bat like a metal bat and hit a golf ball with yeah, it yeah of course it's like yeah. <laughs> that's that's what's happening it's like oh okay. and i'm fine with it a good swing you put a good swing on it and uh it's gonna go so Pete Alonso, great year to be a rookie. Um, the Mets fans, you know, the Mets set you up for failure, but at least you're going to be able to say Pete Alonso, you know, because it, it, they're worried about us. So at least you're going to have you Mets fans listening or you half Mets fans listening, you'll be able to say, oh, well, uh, Pete Alonso is better than Aaron Judge. Yeah, I mean, hey, guys, you've got that, you know. Um, what else is going on? Michael Pineda got popped, Duh. suspended <laughs> for 60 games Yeah, for over-the-counter weight loss pills. Surprise! Did we think that guy was a cheater? No, so I don't actually think it was a... Um, like, he wasn't actively cheating. So he got popped for a substance that is not a, a PED, but uh, it's a masking did agent. Did we think that so guy he, was a dumbass? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. He was a dumbass. So 
normally it's 80 games for your first suspension, but he only got 60 because he was able to show them like, here's a receipt. Here's the diet pills that I've been taking. Like I'm a fucking girl getting ready for my <laughs> sorority formal. And just like, and so he's going to miss 60 games. He's going to be a free agent. He ends up missing, you know, like 20 to finish the season. Can't help the twins in the playoffs. And he'll, you know, it'll probably cost him in the offseason. But, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, ah, it's not really the spirit of the rule that, you know, he'd get popped for this. But, you know, you got to watch what you put in your body when you're making this much money. He stunk. Yeah. I'm glad we got him up out of here. I didn't really yeah. like him too much. He had some good outings for us, but I wasn't ever sold on the guy. He was so, like, hit or miss because he'd go out there and he had the slanted hat and occasionally – he would go out there Throw and 10 strikeouts you know, and yeah, like no problem. But once things started going bad, I'm big on like, cause I don't do, I don't fucking saber metrics. I I'm an eye test guy and you just see his body language. Like if he gave up a first inning run or he didn't get a call that he, yeah, liked, he was especially out of the way the umpires are now, he's just like huffing and puffing and never getting it back together. Um, what else we got? Besides that, I mean, we've dealt with it all year, so it's tough to feel bad about it, but the injury bug is hitting all over. I mean, Javier Baez possibly out for the season. Um, They also have Addison Russell for the Cubs is dealing with some stuff aside from beating women. You know, we've dealing with it with Talkman. Talkman, Brian Buxton's out for the year. With the year that we've had, and you're not supposed to, like, cheer for injuries um, against other players, but... With the year that we've had, it's tough to feel bad for anyone. I mean, George Springer just got back, you know, to the uh, Astros lineup. And, like, I don't know, maybe if he tweaks something again, I wouldn't be that upset. I mean, he was concussed. So I mean, the thing about concussions is they linger. And all it's going to take is another slight collision to bring that back. And with these injuries, it's because it's we're the Yankees, right? If this was any other team... They would be talking about replace for 28. They'd be talking about, wow, the Yankees have... What they've overcome. The Yankees have fought through adversity. Anybody can get it done in pinstripes. Look at this team. There's so many guys you never heard of that contributed to the Yankees. But since it's the Yankees, it's like, oh, the Yankees are going to win the World Series this year. Who cares who's on the Yankees to help them get it done? How many home runs did John Carlo hit this year? Yeah, it's funny when people who don't follow baseball are like, oh, I guess they're killing it. And I'm like, what the yeah. shit are you talking about? Um, yeah, I don't feel bad for anyone. I hope more people get injured so that the Yankees can cruise to a World Series because all I care about at this point is a World Series and winning a World Series. Anything less than winning the World Series after everything we've been through is just, you know, it, it's a failure. Anything but a World Series is a failure at this point, and they've done so much for the for the season. But when you know you're right there, and it's so tough. I mean, for the last decade we've seen, and even you know for years before, for eight years before that, we saw how tough it is to get back um, and to have this team and to be right there and overcome the injuries. Uh, like my wife has asked me, she's like, "Are you are you going to mentally be all right if they don't win the World Series?" And I, I was I almost left her from asking me that question. <laughs> Like, you know, don't ask me something like, what, what, what do you mean if, like, we're, we're, yeah. it's already done. We're winning the World what, Series. We're just waiting what are now. What talking about? <laughs> yep. So, um, Keith, you got anything else for the people? Uh, no, no, man. But like I said, you can feel it in the air. You know what time it is, what kind of baseball is coming. Subscribe, rate, review. We're going to ramp things up. JJ killed it on Instagram this week. It's our time. October is our time. Um, I know a lot of people out there seen me repping my Dallas Cowboys, 
But I tweeted the next day. I'm like, the Cowboys play once a week. The Yankees play every single day. The Cowboys are playing regular season games. The Yankees are about to roll into the postseason. So know where my allegiance is. Know that the the two aren't married as far as like being a New York baseball fan and football fan. I'm all in on this 28 championship. I will be there all the way through. Even though I was sick, JJ, and I missed out on the Bronx Pinstripes crew tickets, I didn't buy one. And then Monday I saw they were sold out. I'm like, oh, fuck, I should have bought a ticket. But I'll figure out my way into the stadium and into our section. That's awesome Brett Gardner, to see. home run. Brett Gardner, home run. Yeah, we just started. That's how you start a game. Boom. That's so now he's got officially the most home runs he's ever had. In his career. We need – give him an extension. I mean, we got to bring him back. We, I, I think you have to seriously look at it. And, it, I mean, some people questioned signing him this offseason. And now they got uh, – he might get popped for steroids at some point. I mean – You know, like <laughs> his head's got to be He's not going to get popped for steroids. But we need him. And we – Looking at next year, we we need him just for insurance, even if we don't think it. Uh, so this just popped up as I'm seeing the alert for, for Guardi. CC talks knee issues. Quote, if this team wasn't in a position to win a championship, I probably would have had a sur- had surgery a long time ago. What does that tell you? Yeah, yeah. No, he said he was like, I would have been done. Um, you know, I would have retired. I would have walked away. But where everyone's in on it, man, um, you are kind of like, a Cowboys fan version of me as a Yankees fan. That's what I was going to say when you were talking Cowboys. Like people are like, fuck, man, this is why we hate these guys. Yeah, um, that's fine. So I've been doing this shit my whole life. Before they made a Twitter, before podcasts were cool, you can go all the way back. There are pictures of me in Yankee stuff and a baby bib. There's pictures of me in Cowboys stuff, and I was under five feet tall. It just is what it is. So... As Keith mentioned, we are going to have a Bronx Pinstripes, I guess, event. Uh, I don't know if I call it an event because we can't promise you getting into the bars because the lines for game two of the ALDS tickets have sold out. But we have, I believe, like 225 tickets to the first two games of each round of the ALCS and the World Series. As As we advance to those, you there will be emails that go out if you're interested in getting them and we sell them at pretty much like face value we're not making money off this it's mostly just making sure we get our people into the stadium in our section um to be with us go and sign up for uh the newsletter or you know whatever they want to call it on uh bronxpinstripes.com uh it's the best way to get continued updated information about that we'll also be tweeting information but we do send it to the people who are our people first. So become one of our people. Uh, you can follow Keith on Twitter at Keith underscore McPherson. Follow him on Instagram at Keith McPherson, one word. Follow the show at George's Box Pod, Twitter and Instagram. Go to wherever you listen to this, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you listen to it. Give us five stars, rate, review. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend. It's getting exciting, man. As people start to really ramp up and want to pay attention to the Yankees, uh, you know, obviously Scott and Andrew do a great job and they'll give you a lot of the ins and outs of the game. We're going to do a lot more fan perspective stuff. So ride with us. Follow me on Twitter at JJ from the Bronx on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, and I will be honest, I've actually thought about if it happens, like let's say it happens and I'm there and I, you know, I'm doing the video. I think if the Yankees win the world series, you're going to see a post-game video of me as a grown man crying, telling you <laughs> that we'll see you at the parade.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.